Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is March 25th, 2023. Hopefully this episode finds you well and, uh, you know, good spirits, high hopes, all that. Um, As for me, I'm doing pretty well. It is a windy Saturday for me. Uh, Right now, you know, we're chilling inside, obviously podcasting as, as you would do. Uh, though there is a, what is it, podcast outside, something like that. That's actually a pretty interesting podcast. I like them. I kind of can't imagine some of the little hurdles they have to go through just to get an episode done if it's like raining or windy like it is right now. Anyway, that's off topic. But you should be talking about moi. Um, food corner. I have a good food corner, actually. Um, I went to Pies and Pints, and I'm going to start with the bad news first. Uh, well, let me tell you about Pies and Pints. Pies and Pints is a pizza pie shop, and they also um, have pretty good alcohol, like pretty good uh, beer list. Uh, they, I think there's some wine, too. But um, the cons, I got to say, because they sell some like really cool specialty pizzas is really what they're known for. Um, they ha- used to have a potato pizza. So essentially, this pizza, the crust was like made out of potato. And um, you just put all the other ingredients and stuff like that, normal pizza from there on. But it was so good. It was very good. They didn't have that anymore. That being said, I got a um, half and half pizza. It was half what they called Thai, which had a slew of ingredients on there, like basil, some kind of sauce. Um, but the fun ingredient to me was shrimp because I've never had shrimp on a pizza. I've never had seafood on a pizza. I'm not an anchovies guy. So I was stoked to get that on a pizza. And then also there was, um, a corn pizza. So that was the half and half that got done was half corn, half, uh, this Thai pizza that was essentially just like shrimp pizza. I don't know. It was awesome. I loved it. I haven't had a pizza like that ever in my life, so we can check that off the box. Um, so yeah, overall very good, um, very tasty meal. Uh, la, la, la. Other than that, I don't really have anything to report. Like I said, overall we're doing good, feeling nice. I did have a little bit of a headache though, but you know we're bouncing back. The uh, Advil's kicking in. Uh, actually, uh, before we get into the news. Um, I'm going to take my break. I'm going to take a pre-break because, you know, I can do what I want here. I'm the boss. I'm the worker. I'm the boss. I can do whatever I want here at Isaiah's newsstand. It's my digital newsstand, if you will. Uh, So I'm going to um, do this little break, and I got a new beer for myself to try. Uh, What is it called? Uh, Voodoo Ranger. And honestly, I mean, that's kind of like a pretty, like, bigger brand. So, you know, it is what it is. I'm curious to see how this is going to taste. It's called Juice Force IPA. It's a hazy imperial IPA, New Belgium, saying the words on the thing. What really grabbed me is it says 9.5 alcohol volume. So I'm like, hell yeah, you have my attention and curiosity. All right. All right. So let's do that, and then we'll get into some some news. And I'm sure some would argue, why would you want to, you know, do all this hullabaloo that you do and talk about the news? It seems counterintuitive. And you're right. But 
that's the spirit of what I got into when I started podcasting, and I just can't help myself. So this is my little thing, so this is how I do it, huh? Anyway. Huh. That is an interesting flavor. Um, It's like citrusy, I guess. I guess that's how I would call it. It almost has like an orange flavor. Um, I can tell that we're just doing crimes in here, though. You know what I mean? Like, there's way too much alcohol in here to make it, like, taste good. Like, um, I'd almost describe it if, like, you could fuse a grapefruit, maybe, like, almost an orange, and, like, an armpit together. That's what this would taste like. I'm going to just level that out there. Now, I'm going to finish it. I have no problems with that. I I accept all terms when it comes to an IPA, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right, all right. Enough uh, food and bevy review. Let's get into it. Um, I have some updates uh, to start uh, from The Guardian. Officers in Cop City Raid shot Pepperball gun into activist tent first. Uh, so let's see. This is an update... Um, on the cop city situation that's been taking place in Atlanta, Georgia, um, a police officer fired rounds from a pepperball gun into Manuel Paez Tehran's closed tent before an exchange of gunfire that resulted in the death of the environmental activist and injury of an officer, according to police incident reports obtained by The Guardian. So... I initially covered this story, I can't remember if it was around the end of January, start of February, but, um, you know, the situation that had unfolded was essentially, there's this whole forest area that, um, essentially, I believe that has been acquired by the government or whatever, and they're trying to make it, like, a big old cop training facility, that's how this is marketed as. Uh, essentially, you're going to be able to train the, the biggest, baddest, coolest cops ever, you know, if this gets done. Of course, you know, they're going to get all the training that they need, right? And they're going to be perfect. They're going to be great. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, sure, sure, sure. But essentially, it has sparked a lot of uh, protests, unrest in Atlanta. A lot of people have come to you know, protest and they have, um, you know, set up tents. They are living in the area. They're doing protests around the area. And, um, Manuel Paez Tehran, they, which I believe they also go as, um, Tortuga. Uh, if I'm not, if I'm pronouncing that nickname correctly. Uh, but, um, and they also go by the pronouns, uh, they and them, but they were, you know, protesting in the area. They were environmental activists. Also, it said in this article that they are the first known um, environmental activists killed by police, which I'm like, I'm, I'm surprised that that hasn't happened sooner, but it almost makes me believe that, like, maybe that just, it just hasn't been recorded until now. But um, the way that the story was initially covered and the way I, you know, I, I laid, it was laid out to me, I think I got it from, like, a CNN article, but um, cops came through, Tehran had a gun, and, uh, you know, shots were fired, the police fired back, there was a cop who was injured, 
And, um, you know, essentially they, the cops were wording this as it was like a self-defense kind of situation. Well, <clears throat> with this video more or less comes to come out or it shows that they came with the intention that everyone that they are going to encounter is a domestic terrorist. Like it is stated in the article that that is how they viewed the situation as. So they themselves were coming in hot. They then get to Tehran's tent. They tell them that they are uh, trespassing. And now there are multiple reports here, which is also kind of like jams it up a little bit, but they're just like similarly different in, in like how Tehran responded, how uh, they either called in for uh, the pepper ball gun or that they actually just had the pepper ball guns and they issued the command that he was non-compliant. So there's, there's a little bit of, you know, differences there. I won't go through the whole minutia. You can obviously go and read the article if you'd like. But um, essentially, all roads lead to, they get to Tehran's tent. They say, hey, you were trespassing. You need to leave. He go, they go, sorry. No, like they unzip the tent. They go, no, you need to leave. And they don't address it anymore. They zip up the tent. They take that either as not compliance or what have you. They then start firing the pepper balls. And for some people, I'm sure here they go, well, that's not an excuse to do something, to retaliate, to respond. But in this situation, if you were being harassed and now you think potentially, like you don't know what's happening here. They, they, these could be easily bullets that are whizzing by you. You do not know. You do have a weapon which I believe is noted as a record that he did have a weapon on his person. But obviously it is stated then that he fired onto these cops. Also, there's a chance too that is stated in the article that potentially the officer who was wounded, it might've just been friendly fire, as in the cops shot another cop. And in this whole process, they shot 13 times into another human being and killed them. Um, it's very frustrating. It's very fucking frustrating because obviously when I get these stories, I hear them. I, I come in untrusting. I come with my own biases. I'm not gonna, I didn't get into this podcasting situation to not be myself and to just try to do this like the NPR does it or whoever. That's not my aim. It's not my goal. If you want to go do that or, you know, get that media, I, w I would encourage you to go find that media. I love people learning about this kind of shit, learning about news and learning about how the world is, is living. You know, I think it's important. It's, it's kind of part of the draw for me. But um, it's hard when you get a slice of a story told by one side of the situation and that's all the information you have to go off of. It's very frustrating because then, you know, time goes by, weeks go by, and you learn more. And I just get more frustrated. And then I feel like, damn, like, I, I'm a part of, like, pushing that kind of propaganda. And it's very frustrating. But it's an inevitable thing. I think we all take in media. We all hear a story. We hear part of a story. It's like a bad game of telephone. Um, as try as I might, I'm, I'm a part of it, whether I do this podcast or I don't, uh, but I want to do my best to always like update the story when I can, when it makes sense to, 
and um, I can do it with like a lot of under a little bit more understanding and resources to show people quickly. Like, hey, you can go to this and see what I'm saying, see what I saw. I'm not gonna like take you to some like quote unquote conspiracy podcast or whatever for referencing here. Like, I'm taking you to a reputable source and showing you that this is fucking iffy and it's fucked up, and it, it just shouldn't be okay that we're trying to build this fucking cop megaplex and that people have to die about it. And, and of course, on the other side, like I said, let's talk about the whole domestic terrorist thing. There's a lot of talk like, well, the, all these people, these activists or these protesters, whatever they're going to label them, they have, they have these armed, they're, 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 they have Molotov cocktails. They're making booby traps. I think that it's also alleged that they were scared that Tehran was, like, arming a bomb or had a bomb. And it's like, dude, what are you talking about? This is not Counter-Strike. Shut the fuck up. Like, a lot of the shit is literally just, at best, maybe a Molotov cocktail. I'm so sorry a cop car got burned. There's, like, wooden spike things or whatever. These are people who are defending the areas that they are living in because they know how these cops are moving and operating. To me, this video, I'm not surprised that it took a while for it to come out because it's very damning to the cops, in my opinion, that they came in here with intention. They came in here with the intention of clearing out these people. I get it. Yeah, that's the point. But if you're going to label them as domestic terrorists, that means you are moving on these people like they're all the Unabomber or some shit. Like, essentially, ready to activate your intention to kill these people, To if it takes that to move them out. Like, like why else do you have this whole pepper ball gun? And that's why I think it's debated whether or not they had it at the ready or they had to call it in, because they wanted to try to put as much degrees of separation. And all these little individual cells all turn into, like, little white blood cells, and they all want to protect themselves and protect the body, because that's what the system does for itself. <sighs> but, um... I don't know. We could talk about this for a while. I can get into the weeds about it a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to cover it. I wanted to update it. This is definitely a development. My um, thoughts and condolences go out to the family because this didn't have to happen. This didn't have to happen. You can use better fucking premises and practices. Uh, but sadly, even if uh, we're going to talk about doing more training, usually that's the kind of training that gets taught is that you should kind of move and operate like this. Also, it's weird to me, too, that, like, I believe, like, FBI bureau-type motherfuckers are involved, like, other agency members and shit. This wasn't just cops. Um, but this is a quagmire. I intend to definitely talk about it more as I learn more about it, for sure. Um, but let's move along. From CNN, video shows Ervo Otenio being pinned to the floor in the moments before his death. So, we also talked about this story before. Uh, I believe this is, um, like a bit of a blend between, um, hospital staff and, um, also law enforcement who are, like, transporting him or whatever between, like, the two jails or what have you. Um, we'll just kind of read bits and pieces here. Taken together, oh, we can start from the top. Surveillance video released by a prosecutor Tuesday shows Irvo Ortinio being pinned to the floor by multiple security officers at the Virginia State Mental Health Facility in the moments in the moments leading up to his death earlier this month. Dwindle County's uh, Dwindle County Commonwealth's attorney Ann Campbell Baskerville office also released 911 calls about the incident in which the caller described 
Otinio as very aggressive and repeatedly asked for an ambulance saying he was not breathing. Which, when they get into the guts of this and they talk, it's very confusing how that is being, like, portrayed. It's like, what do you mean he's very aggressive but also not breathing? And essentially what they are trying to say is like, well, he was very aggressive. We've gotten to a point where he's not breathing, though, now. And, um, but yeah, he's just being really hostile, so we need more help. This is an emergency, yada, yada, yada. But this all stems from, you know, mental, with what has definitely been called and described as a mental crisis that Ortenio was going through, you know, 28-year-old black man, and, you know, this has been something that has been known by the family, and I'm not sure if the cops themselves have, been, have said, like, they've had multiple interactions with Ortenio, but essentially, it's crazy then that you have this experience with this person, and instead of saying, finding ways to de-escalate the situation, you just transport him to hospital hospital, and they also do not get him the medicine that he is asked for. They said until he's fully processed, I believe, in like jail, then he can't get it. But in the process of restraining him, they wind up dogpiling him. And yet again, just like the George Floyd situation, you have knees on body and a person cannot breathe in these situations. And they keep calling it restraint. They keep saying he's resisting. But what are you going to do when you were getting dogpiled on? Like it's the fucking matrix and there's a thousand Mr. Smiths on top of you. They're, what are you going to do? He jerked, his body jerked. And they're saying for these reasons, he resisted. He was being so aggressive. Once again, you are a person in distress. It, like it, it, There's so many times that if we just change the color of the skin, this is permitted and it's not treated the same at all. And I do think another thing that's sad here is that you see the video, you see the people, it's all people of the same, it's all people of color and it's frustrating because then it's used to diffuse that conversation. But at the same time, that is why I hear people and I understand the conversation and the logic that this is a system at play, just grinding people up for no reason, just because you can. And it's frustrating and it's very sad to me. Um, I don't know how the trial is going to go. Obviously, though, we are definitely going to cover it on the podcast. But uh, having the video, also, the video doesn't have sound. It does. It's just the audio. Or it's just the vi- the video. Um, initially the video wasn't slated to come out, but the, um, parents changed course and they said, no, we want the the video to actually come out. Another thing that's, I'll just, I'll read it. And I guess this is a trigger warning. I obviously just say this shit earlier, but, uh, the newly released video begins as Ortinio, uh, bound by his hands and feet is forcibly taken into a room and dragged into the upright seated position on the floor with his back against a chair. Ten minutes later, after Otinio has been turned onto his side, three people holding him, his body jerks, and five more deputies and workers move to pin Otinio to the floor. Um, I want to read a little bit more because this is where I really get my stomach kind of turns. A clear view of Otinio is blocked in much of the video, but one deputy appears to be lying across Otinio for most of the incident as he is forced onto his stomach. Eventually, Otinio is rolled onto his back while several deputies appear to be restraining him with their knees. One deputy holds Otinio's head still by grabbing his braided hair. 
I hate that. The, it's the last sentence that really fucking fucks me up a lot. Because to me, it's just you are literally like there's no protocol here. There's no protocol here. You are literally bullying a person to death. Like, and I'm being nice about that description. Um, how they treat the body after he passes is also something that just really fucks up. They just like can barely put a sheet on. They can barely pull his pants up after he's literally try like he's just trying to survive for his life. And I it, it's it's just treated as so less than. And I know that there's talking people, talking heads, pundits, whatever the fuck out there angling this conversation to something it shouldn't be. And um, it makes me sad. It makes me fucked up because, hell, we can barely talk about mental health in this goddamn country, let alone the systematic racism that goes across this country, across the whole system, whether you're on the street, whether you're in the penitentiary, whether you're in a fucking hospital. So, um... I do hope that justice is served here. Um, and we'll definitely keep you posted on how that goes. Um, let's see here. We do have some silver lining. I put it in the middle this time. A little bit of good news from the Los Angeles Times. The LA, USD, and union workers who led massive strike reached tentative settlement. So this is an update on the LA teacher strike, as it's been labeled. Um, a tentative agreement reached Friday between the Los Angeles United School District and the union representing uh, support staff won raises of about 30% or more for the lowest wage workers one day after the end of the strike that shut down schools for three days. So this is a big deal. Um, so between, you know, the leading head of um the local 99 um also i believe karen bass who's like the mayor and then our uh, cavallio who's the superintendent uh they all got together and it's max arias who is the executive director of the local 99 i haven't mentioned him in the other time we covered this this week um but they all got together and um, they at least came to this agreement. Now, I got to say, it is still a little bit light, in my opinion. They were asking for at least 30%. They more or less got 30%, but it's a spread uh, across the whole uh, range of people. So overall, this is good. Uh, people are going to be making more money at the bottom. That's important. Uh, but I... I still think that 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 it's it's less than the least that could be done. So it's like it's it's better than nothing. It's better than the twenty percent, twenty three percent bullshit that was being offered. Um, but it it is good. Let me see if I can find some more stats here that I tried to highlight. Uh, the general raises include retroactive payments for workers employed at the time, six percent as of July first, twenty twenty one. 7% more as of July 1st, 2022, and 7% more as of July 1st, 2023. Workers active in 2020 will also receive a $1,000 bonus, and on July 1st, 2024, all workers will receive a $2, or, or $2 an hour more, um, which will most benefit those at the bottom of the scale. So, bottom end of the scale, sorry. So I'll take that. That's a dub. That sounds good. Um, it is tentative, though. It's not necessarily inked out yet, but I figured I'd go ahead 
and cover it. I will say, uh, Tomato Town. Let's talk. Let's go there. I definitely want to fucking name and shame this piece of shit. Uh, among those less impressed with the outcome was Lance Christensen, a union critic, uh, aka some fucking loser who didn't win his Republican campaign for some bullshit, and now he's just a fucking hater, uh, who recently ran unsuccessful for state superintendent of public instruction. What happened wasn't a negotiation. It was a hostage exchange. One need not be cynical to realize that the union used the children of the LAUSD to get the deal they wanted while the district caved to, find, to, fiscally, to a fiscally prudent deal. UTLA is bound to leverage the students for a similar deal soon. To me, this is a fucking scumbag who is completely trying to warp the narrative of what is happening. These are people who are literally living check to fucking check. They are doing the work for your children. They are providing an education. They are providing the uh, the place so that your kids can eat and learn. And like this is a clean environment because the, the custodians cleaned it. And you're trying to say that they are what? That they are doing hostage negotiations with your children? Shut up. Like, just shut up, bro. Like, just go bury your head in the fucking sand. Like, I hate people like this who try to rile up parents who are struggling and who are going through that situation where the, literally the three days they were jammed up here. It was a short notice situation. But, like, this is done not to hurt people so they can grease their pockets. It's so that they can actually make a living, so they can actually feed their families. They can actually take care of fucking debts they have. Do the things that every American has to do. Every human being has to do. It's crazy that this looked at as a hostile act by conservatives. <sighs> I don't know. Even sometimes, like, I, why am I even using the labels? It's just used as a negative by politicians whenever they want to fucking try it. I don't know, man. It's a headache. It's frustrating. Um... All right, all right, all right. Let's get international. We've covered uh, a lot of state news, if you will. Uh, from ABC News, additional attacks on American bases in Syria Friday after U.S. retaliatory attack or retaliatory airstrikes on Iranian-backed groups. So, um, a U.S. official told ABC News that there were two new attacks late Friday on two U.S. facilities in Deir Ezzor province in eastern Syria after another one earlier in the day and a drone attack on Thursday that prompted retaliatory U.S. airstrikes that targeted Iranian-backed militias believed responsible. So, uh, I mean, long story short, this is a big tit for tat that happened, starting with the death of an American, um, in a strike, like it was like a one-way explosive drone, um, essentially has led to this back and forth, uh, I don't know, this one's hard, because it's one of those things where I've said it before, I'll say it again. The Midwest, or the Middle East, sorry. The Middle East just feels like a big blind spot for me. Uh, there's a lot I feel like I just don't know how factions and groups work, who's on whose side, yada, yada, yada. But um, essentially, in this situation, we have these military bases because I guess 
the reason we have I think it's like 900 troops here we're we're supporting uh this, these Kurdish military that are fighting against ISIS so essentially yes the war on terror it rages on even though we learned nothing from our 20 years in fucking Afghanistan and all that fucking shit um here we are we're fighting the good fight and because they got one of ours, we had to go ape shit and blow up everything. <laughs> and, but it, it, it seems like a lot of the focus on this article is that the groups involved in these strikes that have been taking place, they've been using like Iranian Iranian drones. And um, obviously that's been talked about before because that's been used in Russia. And so they're essentially saying, uh, I guess America's saying, hey, we're not trying to we're not trying to get involved here. We're not trying to get messy. We're not trying to get sticky, but you're pushing us. But I feel like that's a weird stance to have when you have a military base where you're probably not wanted. But I don't know. I don't know. This shit's all over my head. I, I try not to talk too loudly here because I really don't feel like I have too much of a platform to stand on. Uh, you know, I'm just a Westerner meddling in things I do not know. Uh, but hey, you know, sometimes I do that. And if I am out of uh, pocket, I, you know, my DMs are open. You can always talk to me about that shit. Educate, quote unquote, educate me. Hey, I'm down to learn. If you got the resources, you know, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot here to talk about, but, uh, you know, I'll leave it to ABC news on that part. (laughs) Uh, We have one more thing to talk about before I let you guys go. I'm going to take my classic default break. Ooh, doggy. All right. From the Independent. Israel passes new law protecting Netanyahu ahead of UK visit. So, um, they're still working along in terms of the big, um, like, change that potentially I think is going to give... Um, the Kessinet more power to like have control over the Supreme Court if they do or say things that they don't like, or it just gives the Supreme Court less power to intervene on what they say. But um, protesters took to the streets in Israel on Thursday against hugely controversial judicial reforms, including a law that prevents a prime minister being declared unfit to hold office. Um, that's that's you know that's regarding to our guy uh, Bibi. Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, Bibi, I can't help it. I'm gonna call him Bibi. Uh, Bibi is pushing ahead with changes which give the government more powers over courts while he is still facing trial on corruption charges. Crazy coincidences. The new law to protect Netanyahu passed in an early morning vote, 61 to 47, in Israel's Kesnet after a debate. A debate. A debate ran that ran through the night. Um, so it's good to see the people are still active, still protesting. It's just sad though because it seems like all the cards are in the Kessinet's hands. Really, um, I have heard of like military branches, even um, like other like you know political government powers that are high up there saying, hey, like, I'm going to resign. I'm going to, like, step down if this continues to keep going forward. But 
it doesn't seem like any of that's enough to move the needle back. And that's very sad and it's very upsetting. But um, like I said, it's 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 good to see people fighting the good fight. Um, whether it's, it's here in America, whether it's in France, whether it's in Israel, wherever. Like, I'm happy to see people speaking up, speaking out. I, um, I don't know. We support that here at the, uh, the newsstand for sure, for sure. So, uh, other than that, that's really all we got. I thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, let's see here. Patreon.com says they news. If you'd like to support the podcast, uh, $5 a month gets you bonus access to extra episodes. I do one a week. Uh, also, you get a hot link to the Discord, which is free. Discord is free. You just got to track me down. I'll definitely send you a link. Um, do like more or less community type stuff there. Talk to people, post food stuff, um, all that kind of jazz. Also, you get uh, newsy membership status, and once <clears throat> once a month, I will shout you out on the podcast. I'll plug whatever you'd like me to plug. Um, so there's that. Free ways to hit me up, gmail.com, says Isaiah News. No, that's not how you say it. My bad. Isaiah News 1 at gmail.com. Um, if you want to send me any feedback. Also, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on all kinds of that that stuff all the social medias uh i'm 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 on tiktok i guess too they haven't banned that yet so there you go that's that's still a thing um but not the not the podcast that podcast isn't on tiktok but you can find me though um if you would like to comment or whatever there so yeah thank you so much uh hopefully i see you soon for some more good news i love you bye-bye